It has been a year and a half since I've done a podcast, and that was an episode that was supposed to be like me getting back into podcasting with my friend, but that didn't really go so well, and that was after like a year of silence from both of us, so technically it has been like two years, no, yeah, two years and half a year since I have actually legitimately run a constant going podcast so why not get back into it um yeah i kind of i kind of forgot how bad i am without a script um but yeah this is lights cameras podcast i talk about movies and tv shows every week um and i really didn't want to put much work into a first episode so this is really low budget but i don't care yeah welcome to lights cameras podcast i'm graham So today I'm going to talk about what is probably my favorite TV scene of all time, or at least what I think it is right now, uh, which is the scene between Varys and Littlefinger in Game of Thrones, where Littlefinger says, probably the most iconic line of all time, chaos is a ladder, which pretty much defines the whole show, if you think about it. Um, But yeah, uh, this is from season three, episode six, called The Climb, ironic. Um, which kind of is the next last scene in the episode. So it goes, so kind of some background on it. This is aligned with, I think, like five other plot lines in this episode. Um, and I think that's about as many are going on in the show at that time, except for maybe like Bran. Um, yeah, Bran was traveling with the wildling girl and the kid has visions at the point. Um, so there are five plot lines. Um, in King's Landing, Sansa Stark is excited to marry Loras Tyrell, who is gay, but she doesn't know that. Um, cause, well, he was with Renly, but then he kind of died. Um, so Sansa's excited for that. And this actually comes directly after the scene where Tyrion is about to tell Sansa that Tywin has commanded him to marry her. Um, it's really funny. Peter Dinklage is amazing. Um, so then this is also aligned with the Ramsey torturing Theon plotline, which is <laughs> rough. Um, this, in this episode, I'm, it's not really anything big happens, it's just more of him generically torturing him. This is while, um, Jon, Jon Snow, he's with the Wildlings at this point, or pretending to be with the Wildlings, although he is falling in love with Egret. So, Tormund, Jon, Egret, and... The warg dude, I don't know if we know his name, but the the wildling warg. Um, they're, they're trying to climb the wall to get the castle black. Then at the same time, um, Arya and Gendry are with the Brotherhood, of Ban- Brotherhood Without Banners. And this is when um, Melisandre comes along and pays off Beric and uh, Thoros to get Gendry, because he has king's blood, he's one of Robert's bastards, um, and they need the king's blood desperately to win the war, because Stannis won't, won't kill Shireen, obviously, because he would never kill Shireen, right? Yeah, how'd that turn out? Um, then, this is after Rob betrayed Walder Frey, and decided to, um, marry Talisa. Um, and so he and Edmure have the meeting with the two Freemen, who they, and they say, yeah, 
the, the alliance can still continue. Just give us Edmure to marry Walder's eldest daughter. Um, and Edmure doesn't like that, but eventually he does come around. And now these five, it, it actually kind of goes along with this whole scene well, because all of these plot lines involve some serious deception, either then, before, or later on. Because, you know, John betrays the wildlings and betrays Egret. Cersei and, um, Cersei and Tyrion, well, not Tyrion directly, it's mostly Tywin, betray Sansa because she thinks she's going to marry Loras. Not going to happen. She has to now marry Tyrion. Because um, that's, that's a successful pairing right there, if I've ever seen one. Then, the one where I was trying hardest to find is um, Ramsay and Theon. Um, but throughout it, Ramsay is lying to Theon a lot, like saying, oh, no, I'll let you free. But then again, he's also like, no, I'm not letting you free. It's, it, that's the one where this guy says it doesn't apply. The, the, obviously, the biggest one here is that Walder is very much lying to Rob. He and Tywin have an arrangement, and obviously, this is a few episodes before. The Red Wedding, very happy scene, right? Yeah. And then, obviously, Thoros and Beric are going to betray Gendry for the gold from Melisandre because the Brotherhood is starving. So yeah, it um, and this is kind of the scene where you can sense the shift because this is kind of the midpoint of the series right here. Not a series, but the season. Um, and this season is very much focused on political undertones because first season it's like kind of a murder mystery with Ned trying to figure out who killed John Aaron. Obviously, we actually later learn in the next season that it was Liza, but we don't know that yet. Um. And so, second season, that was mostly a war season, a fighting season. Uh, still a lot of political stuff, like with, but it was focused on, like, the Battle of Blackwater and the War of the Five Kings. But this season, it's a lot more focused on fighting political battles, because the Tyrells are in King's Landing along with the Lannisters. So, it's a lot of them back and forth, and there's a scene in one of the episodes, I think it's... Is it this episode? I'm not sure. Um, but there's, there's that one scene where, um, Elena and, uh, yeah, it is, it is this episode, um, where Elena and Tywin have a go at it, and, um, because we all know they're kind of the biggest verbal, best verbal spars in the entire show, aside from Littlefinger and Varys, um, so it's kind of entertaining to see them fight with their words, and Tywin actually ends up winning that one. Obviously, because it's Tywin. Who else is gonna win? But that's the one. That's actually where he threatens to draw Loras to the Kingsguard, which means he, which means he wouldn't be able to marry. Um, and that's too big of a threat for Elena, so she agrees to have Loras marry Cersei. I'm sure he would make him very happy, right? She's nice. Um, but yeah, so that's how that's kind of the setup for the scene. And then after this, there is. One scene, and that's just where um, John and Egret and Torment make it to the top of the wall, and then they like kiss with the sunset and everything. That's literally it. I wish this had been the last scene of the episode. That may, that would have worked a lot better, um, because this whole monologue works way better as like ending the midpoint to the season. But it's fine. I mean, this is back when the show is good, so I don't really care. I'm not gonna nitpick. Um, so it starts out with Varys walking into Littlefinger in the throne room, and Littlefinger's just kind of sitting beside the Iron Throne and staring at it, and it paints a visual image because 
and he's just staring at her. It paints the visual image that kind of defines his character where he wants the throne so bad, but he doesn't get it. His one goal is the throne. They make that very clear. But Varys walks in way more separate from the throne because Varys doesn't want the throne. Varys is a man of the people, and while that doesn't necessarily make him a good guy like the latter seasons would make you believe, because, I mean, did you see the scene in season three where he's literally torturing the guy? To be fair, it is the guy who, like, um, got his dick off when he was a kid. But, yeah, it's... He's not a good guy. He just has good intentions. Which is kind of the foil of Peter, who is a very bad person with bad intentions. That started off as good intentions when he was in love with Cat, but that's a whole other thing I'll get to later. So it starts off with... The cinematography of the shot with Varys walking in, it stages him below um, Peter. Which is a visual representation of how this scene is going to act out. Because this scene is Littlefinger kind of asserting his dominance over Varys and everyone else in Westeros. This is where his plan starts to unfold. And you can definitely feel that in his confidence. Because this is well before his brain stops working when he's in Winterfell. Um, but yeah, you can feel his confidence that the actor exudes in the scene. And it's really powerful. So Varys goes, A thousand blades taken from the hands of Aegon's fallen enemies... Forged in the fiery breath of Beleriand the Dread. Now, Beleriand the Dread, he's the biggest of the dragons. Um, from the... Ah, uh, wait, was he... Was he Eris' dragon? No, he was Aegon's dragon, I think. But he's the biggest, and he's actually sitting in the Red Keep. You see that in Season 7. Um... It's... He's talking of the past era where the dragons and the fire ruled Westeros. And the... the the Iron Throne was forged from the swords that Aegon took from his enemies. Um, so it's kind of referencing back to the fact where the throne is a relic of the Targaryen dynasty. Um, but this is this is another scene where it's moving way more forward from the Targaryen dynasty and into what Peter wishes was the future. Um, and Littlefinger goes, there aren't a thousand blades, there aren't even two hundred, I've counted now. Peter's obsessed with the throne. He's always wanted it since he was young, because he was born from a, of a from a house with like nothing, and he made his own sigil, the Mockingbird. And so all his life, he's been studying, studying, studying the throne, counting the swords, and all he wants is that throne, but he doesn't get it. Then Varys goes, "I'm sure you have, ugly old thing." Then Littlefinger goes. Yet it has no. It does. Oh, this script is wrong. Um, I don't think this little finger says that, but it says yet it has a certain appeal. And then Varys says this clever little jab at Littlefinger. The Liza Aaron of chairs. Now, Liza serves one purpose to Peter, and this is before he enacts that whole plan. But she's obviously going to be his key to getting the veil. And I mean. And then he goes, shame that you had to settle, settle, settle for your second choice. I can't talk today. Cat Stark was his first choice. Well, Cat Tully or Cat Stark, depending on how you look at it. Nowadays, I think she's referred to as Cat Tully because Ned's dead. Um, but obviously, he lost that duel to Brandon Stark, who Cat was supposed to marry, but he challenged her, but he challenged him for. 
Um, and he has, still has that giant scar on his chest from it. Um, now, when you look back on it, Littlefinger is actually kind of the one who won that duel. Because Littlefinger is alive and well. But if you look back on the lore, something horrible happened to Brandon Stark involving the Mad King in that very throne room. That's the throne room where Brandon Stark died and his father. Um, Brandon was captured by Aerys, the Mad King. Um, and his father was called to come, like, collect him and help him not be tried for treason by the Mad King. And this was a trap, obviously. And Brandon was tied on a rope from the front of the throne room, I think. No, oh, I'm actually seeing a picture here. No, Brandon was tied from a post from his by his neck to a rope. Um... Uh, on like right by the throne and when his father was being tried for treason as well because this is right when Ed, um, Eris was going completely mad um, he had his father being like burned he was like strong arm and being burned alive um, and it, there was a sword a few steps from Brandon but he would basically have to strangle himself to get to the sword to cut his father down but that didn't happen, and so they ended up both dying. It was a horrible thing. There's a little scene of it. You don't get to see um, Rickard, his father. It's ironic that the father and son are Brandon Rickard, and then you have Brandon Rickard, the children who end up having no character development whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, it's like their character development was burned alive, just like the people who inspired their names. Um I mean, like, can we talk about that for a second? Like, Rickard, you see him for one scene, and you see him for, like, maybe two or three scenes in the entire series, and then he just runs in a straight line from the best archer in the show, maybe besides Egret. Yeah, that was a <laughs> so much contrived scene. But anyways, back to the actual good scene. Chaos is a ladder. I love the way he says ladder. Um... And Littlefinger goes, early days, my friend. It is flattering, really, you feeling such dread at the prospect of me getting what I want. And Varys goes, thwarting you has never been my primary ambition, I promise you. Although, who doesn't like to see their friends fail now and then? The show does hammer in a lot the fact that they are friends. They are buds. Um, They have a lot of mutual, not right, buds, but they have a lot of mutual respect. But Littlefinger has a lot more mutual respect for Varys than Varys has for Littlefinger. I mean, there's a famous quote from Varys. Littlefinger would be... Littlefinger would burn Westeros if he could be king of the ashes. And that had, that really defines Littlefinger's character. But Varys is a guy to the people. Because he's from across the narrow sea. He knows what it's like to not be living a good life. And he wants to fix that for the realm. But Littlefinger just wants to rule it. And then Littlefinger, he steps down from his little pedestal. He goes, you're so right. For instance, when I thwarted your plan to give Sansa Stark for the Tyrells, which just happened right before the scene, he goes, if I'm going to be honest, I did feel an unmistakable sense of enjoyment there. But your confidant, the one who fed you information about my plans, the one you swore to protect, you didn't bring her any enjoyment, and she didn't bring me any enjoyment. She was a bad investment on my part. I want to remind you, um, this wasn't really easy to remember in the show, because it's been a little bit since this happened, I think. But that's Roz, um, who works in Littlefinger's brothel. 
Um, she was Varys's confidant who fed him information about what Littlefinger was doing and, like, who she saw in his brothel. Um, and so this is where you start to wonder, oh, no, what did Littlefinger let Joffrey do to Roz? Because you saw him and Roz and the other girl, and he was horrible to them. So this is where you kind of start to worry. And he goes, luckily I have a friend who wanted to try something new, something daring. He was so grateful to me for providing this fresh experience. So this is when you kind of start to realize, oh my gosh, he let Joffrey kill Roz, didn't he? And he got something out of it because Littlefinger is trying to earn sway with the king, obviously. I mean, he got Harrenhal from him. Why not wrap him more around his finger? And then after that, <coughs> oh my gosh, Varys says, I did what I did for the good of the realm. Which is his character, basically. Again, he's not a good guy, but he's about as good as it gets in Westeros. I mean, Littlefinger said it himself. We're all liars here, and Varys is a liar, but in the end, he does have good intentions. Littlefinger does good things or sometimes bad things for himself. Varys does bad things or sometimes good things for the good of the realm. And Littlefinger starts his end stretch. He goes, you know what the realm is? It's a thousand blades of Aegon's enemies. The story we're going to tell each other over and over until we forget that it's a lie. Everything about this scene redirects your thoughts about the King's Landing plot lines and all the other plot lines going on in the show. Because this scene is the biggest... You thought you knew what was happening. You don't know what's happening. And it leaves this aura of uncertainty over the rest of the season. And, well, more so the next few episodes because it kind of wears off. But then it still kind of leaves this undertone like this can't be what's actually going to happen, right? And then Varys goes, but Varys then kind of prompts Littlefinger's big line. He goes, but what do we have left once we abandon the lie? Chaos, a gaping pit waiting to swallow us all. And then Littlefinger responds with his iconic, Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Many will try to climb and fail and never get to try again. The fall breaks them. And some who are given the chance to climb, they refuse. They cling to the realm or the gods or love. Illusions. Only the latter is real. The climb is all there is. And I want to focus on the shots that are happening during this, and I'll focus, and I'll break down the line more. So, the first thing you cut to is Roz dead. Um, she's like kind of tied up in like a kind of T-pose cross position and like kind of nailed to the wall, kind of, and then shot to death with crossbows and all bloodied up. And that is what you thought would happen. And then you see the aftermath of Tyrion telling Shay and Sansa that he would have to marry Sansa. And it's Shay comforting Sansa while she cries as Littlefinger's ship. I think it's his ship. It has a mockingbird sail as the ship um, uh, sails away. And then it ends with him saying the climb is all there is. And you see Jon actually climbing to the top of the wall. And then that's where the that's where that whole Varys and Littlefinger duo ends. Um, 
and it's actually kind of the last verbal spar they have in this show and it's really sad because those are the best scenes in one two and three um but yeah so Littlefinger's ideology is kind of summed up in chaos as a ladder because he creates chaos so he can climb to the top and then he says many who try to climb it fail and never get to try again um there are a few of these i guess you could say um i actually can't really think of many um ned stark kind of um although he kind of fits with both these because he kind of clung to honor too much and that's why held him down um failed um uh Aeris, but he kind of did succeed maybe Jorah. i'm really not sure but um that one's less specific then some who were given the chance to climb they refused they cling to the realm or the gods or love I think with, he says the realm, he's kind of targeting Varys there, because he did say, I did, but I did for the good of the realm. The gods, um, there hasn't really been many religious plot lines in Game of Thrones, besides kind of the whole revival thing with the Brotherhood and Thoros and Beric. Um, no, that might be actually focusing on Stannis, because he's so focused on pleasing the Lord of Light and Melisandre that um, he's kind of... If he had just played ball with Renly, they could have won the war, honestly. Um, he says, or love. Um, I think that's targeting definitely, definitely um, Rob Stark. Because if he had just not married Talisa, Red Wing would never happened. He would have won the war easily. Because he would have had Freyman and Karstarks. He would have won easily with those two large forces he would have beaten Tywin but those are all fake in Littlefinger's mind he Littlefinger doesn't care all he cares about is riding to the top and that's what this whole monologue is trying to achieve and it does that it makes us feel like we're in King's Landing it makes us feel the treacherous scheming nature of Westerosi politics And I want to, here, just for a second, I want to focus on the goal of the scene. Because the goal of the scene is to add that worry factor back into the show. It's to prep us for four episodes later in the episode The Reigns of Castamere. Where Talasa, Kat, and Rob all get murdered by the phrase. It's prepping us for this layer of deception. Because after season four and five, it's gone. I mean, I'd say the last big, actually, maybe I would say season six. Battle of the Bastards, that wasn't a shocking moment. But the Sept explosion, that was a shocking moment. After that, nothing hits that hard again. And this is when the show still had that kind of no one's safe energy to it. I mean, later seasons, it's like, oh no, John's obviously going to survive. Like, no, this guy isn't going to... I'm, I'm not talking about the end of season 8, but I'm like, no, Danny won't die here, no, Cersei won't die here, no, Jamie won't die here, because there was so much plot armor everywhere in season 7 and 8, and kind of in 6. Oh, big yawn. Um, yeah, this is back when no one felt safe, and I think the last part where people truly felt in danger 
was that the end of season five with John's death. But then they retconned that, so after the retcon, everyone felt safe again. I'm trying to say is, this scene highlights everything that the show is about, because the show was really good when it used action sparingly, and it focused on the dialogue and the political intrigue. And this was the golden age of Littlefinger's character and Varys' character. Because Varys goes over to Marine to advise... No, he goes on to Dragonstone. Um, so he goes to Dragonstone to advise Danny, And Littlefinger just goes up and like simps for Sansa in the north. And his brain stops working in the cold. It's a really funny theory I found on Instagram. No, it was on a, some video essay, but yeah, his brain just stops working. He's just like, yeah, Sansa's too dumb. And to be fair, Sansa's one of my least favorite characters, because it feels like all she wants is for people to see her as, like, really smart and strong. And, I mean, she's kind of smart and strong. I mean, I mean no disrespect to Sophie Turner, but her character isn't that interesting to me. I mean, her whole thing with her being tortured by Ramsay was just another being tortured by Ramsey scene. So yeah. Besides that, um this scene is literally perfect in every way. And I love it so much. It hyper focuses on Littlefinger and Varys's differences in their characters while also drawing alliteration not alliter by also drawing um connections to other parts of the show and future parts of the show. And kind of highlighting the fact that this episode is built on setting up and dealing with future and past deceptions. So it does its job absolutely perfectly, and I love it for it. So this scene, 10 out of 10, one of the best scenes in the show, if not the best. I love it to death. I've seen it a million times. I haven't memorized. Fantastic. Fantastic acting, writing, tension. Mm, perfect. And cinematography. Don't forget the cinematography. Also, the music um, by Ramin Jawadi. The score in this scene is great. A, I think the piece is literally called Chaos is a Ladder. Um, I have it saved here. Yeah, Chaos is a Ladder. It's great. It, it's kind of Littlefinger's leitmotif, and it sounds great. Mm, perfect. But yeah, um, so I'm going to conclude this by saying the scene is the most tension-filled, perfect dialogue in the entire show, and I will always love it for that. So yeah, um... Thanks for listening to what is essentially the trial run of this podcast. If you like it, definitely be sure to stick around because I had so much fun doing this. So there's definitely be more coming this way. I'm going to try to do once a week. I'll try to have friends on. I will try to talk about a lot more than just Game of Thrones. We'll talk about TV shows. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about games. We'll talk about Star Wars, Harry Potter, whatever you want. Just let me know. Send, a, send me a voice message. There should be a link in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's been really fun. Check me out um, wherever else I may be. I'm starting up two new podcasts soon, hopefully. Um, in a few months, probably, I'm going to start up Soundtrack of My Life, which is a podcast I started a while ago but never really did anything with, um, which is where basically we talk about music every week. Then pretty soon, I'll be starting a podcast with some friends about Star Wars called Black Spire Bros, so be sure to check that out. I will definitely put links in my descriptions when those start releasing. So, um, cheers, I will see you all very soon in about a week or so, and hope you enjoy the episode. Bye!